0: I am their podcast, guys. This is your host, Frazier, and I'm here with my co-host, Kenny. Uh, no, you're not. <laughs> we're here virtually together. That's true. We're doing episode, I believe this is 8 we're on eight now. Crazy fucking so. 88. You're better at math than me. Look, the math ain't mathing, but I think we're on episode eight. And at this point, we're about to talk about RPGs. Uh, so this year started out with a really good RPG. Bravely Default 2 came out. And like February, uh, and Kenny and I both man, were playing February. It. Yeah, it actually came out in February. And the only reason I think it came out in February is because. That scare me like this, man. How? <laughs> what did it come That's so fucking long Maybe it, now. maybe it didn't come out in February. <laughs> you got me confused now. February? Now I gotta look it up. All right, wait, before we do that, I want, I, I almost forgot again. I am yeah. Squall Leonhart. Oh,
1: you're Squall? Yep, I'm Squall Leonhart. It's fucking broken. <laughs> um you could, you could be anybody i'm um i am i'm Owaka, the salesman you're, from ff10
0: you're Owaka.
1: Owaka, yeah yep Awaka. he's the guy yeah he, he has gotta, that accent he has the accent and you gotta you gotta um donate money you gotta be his kickstarter
0: yeah you do the basic game card. that was some crowdfunding shit
1: You donate money to them, and then if you do, at the end of the game, you get better items. Or the items you get are cheaper.
0: Yeah, I remember that. And there was a whole guide on how to donate properly. Well, anyways, I am Squall from Final Fantasy VIII, the first Final Fantasy game that I understood how to play RPGs at whatever age. I I don't know what age I was when I played it, but I technically played Final Fantasy VII first. But by the time uh, I got the eight, I actually understood what I was doing more so, even though Final Fantasy VIII's system is very confusing. But we'll get to that later. In any event, back to Bravely Default 2, which... Dog, again, it came out February 26th. Yes, I was right. All right, you know how much I love being right. So it came out in February, and it came out before Monster Hunter Rise. So I remember the countdown of saying to myself, okay, Monster Hunter's coming out March 26th, which means I have a, like exactly one month to play Bravely Default 2 and beat it and do everything I want to do with it. And then once Monster Hunter comes out, that's it. Like, this game's done. So it was a race to the finish line, but we both made it.
1: We did both make it, but I'm trying to think. I played Bravely Fall 2 for like a month, and then a month. Monster Hunter for a month.
0: Yep. That
1: was probably like... What did I do for the last month. four months? <laughs> maybe,
0: no, I feel like we played Monster Hunter a little longer than a month, right? It had to be like two. All right. Play Monster Hunter for two months. What did that, I do for the last three two months? Two months max. Yeah, because I feel like we were done Monster Hunter. Okay, I know we were done Monster Hunter in May, because I went to Vegas in May, and... When I got back from Vegas, I really wasn't playing Monster Hunter anymore. Like we were like I think everything had come out already. There was not really yeah. much else to do. But I'm pretty sure by like mid to late May, Monster Hunter Arise was pretty much done. All the content creators have moved on. Me and you have moved on. Um, yeah. But yeah. But yeah. So as for RPGs, so what makes a good RPG? Is it the characters, the plot, development? The I going to be
1: honest. I mean, <clears throat> The generic answer is like, it's a little bit of all of that, which I mean, it is, but yeah, it's one of those things where there really is like a secret sauce that you can't explain that, uh, cause I've played, well, I
0: believe in the sauce. I definitely I've definitely played in so many
1: RPGs and there's some that you play that have all of the, they have, you know, all of the elements that you like from another game, but something about it just isn't right. Like, yeah. It's just not good. Like one little thing could be off and you're like, I'm not feeling this game. Yeah. You just, you just walk away from it. So I don't know, it's tough, but I mean, I've, there's things that we like in all of these games. Uh, characters, the party members, um, whether or not they're likable or believable, whether or not the voice acting's good. If it's a game from the voice acting age. Yeah. Um, the graphical style. I'm not usually a, I'm not a graphics person. I don't care if the graphics are like, oh, my God, super photo real. Right. I I really like a graphical style. If the, And for example, Octopath Traveler. <clears throat> I fucking stuttered. Octopath Traveler has a uh, an excellent style.
0: Yeah, and, I love it. Um, it's like sprite based, right? Like they look like little sprites. Yeah, it's like
1: it's like 3D sprites. Yeah,
0: they look really cool.
1: And what's cool about that is Square Enix is going forward and they're now making Dragon Quest 3, they're remaking Dragon Quest 3 in the exact same style as Octopath.
0: Oh man, that means I'm going to play it cuz I actually love Octopath Traveler. Spoiler I League. really
1: like that I like that they're they found a new middle ground to and to remake their old RPGs they don't have to they don't have to just make them the same as they were and they don't have to do FF7 style remakes right. there's a middle ground where you can have these updated graphics this octopath style and it still keeps that charm and that feeling of the old school graphics just in a more current uh, engine yeah
0: and if we're going to talk about graphics so octopath Travel is on the low end as far as graphics go like it it's a it's a special style it's 3D sprites but it's not something that looks realistic. It's not that at not all. Really it's it's, it's very much you are aware you're playing a video game. The video game is not trying to look real at all. Now on the opposite end of that though, the fucking Final Fantasy VII remake looks absolutely nuts. That game that came game out insane. That game came out last year I want to say, and I played it and got a, it was the first game on PS4 that I actually got 100%. Like I actually 100% of the game. First time I ever did something like that. Got everything you could get loved every moment of it you know it's a remake so i knew that it wasn't going to be exactly the same as final fantasy 7 the original that i've played many times now i have that game on my iphone my ipad yeah. my macbook emulators my desktop like i have final fantasy 7 in every place that i even have it on my damn switch it's it's everywhere it can be
1: i got things to say about that i'm at i'm really happy with what they did with seven remake Me because too.
0: um i'm a big fan of seven remake like i cannot a... stress that enough i think that game was fantastic
1: there's a lot of people, people that I know, like when I was streaming and stuff, they were telling me there's a lot of people just hating on it. Right. They yeah. want it. They want it like a seven. They, won,
0: they wanted a one to one copy yeah, with better of seven with just updated PS4 graphics. And, and my, that was it. My point was just go play seven. Like I just yeah. go play seven. And then, so
1: people were saying, well, you don't understand, you know, for old school Final Fantasy fans. And I hate when people say that. Like, how much more old school can you get than I've played every one? Like, I don't yeah. really know how much more old school I can yeah, get. You can't
0: get much more old school than that. You're I more old play. school than me because I haven't played like, I've played one, two, three, uh, but then I've, I have not played four, five, and six. So I've played one, yeah. two, and three, uh, but I haven't you know beaten every game. How, how much old school? Yeah, how much more old school? I've played
1: play? every one. I've beaten one, two, three, four. I have not beaten five, but I played it. Um, yeah, so anyway. I think five might be one of the only ones I didn't beat.
0: Yeah, and that's fine. Um, I don't beat every game. Sometimes I get to the end of a game, especially with RPGs, and I just stop. I don't know what it is, but I just won't end it because I'm having such a good time and I don't want it to come to an end that I'll get to the very last boss and literally not play it for a long time. It's very weird. It's a weird thing that I went through a lot when I was a teenager. I would just get to the end of games and I would just not do it. I was just like, I can't do this. I can't end this game.
1: Yeah. But anyway, I want to... Seven remake has a lot of really cool stuff that I I actually think we could do. I want to do a bigger discussion on it right now, but okay, or then right now. I mean, um, yeah.
0: So you want you want to like hold off on seven remake, yeah. right? But yeah, that's fine. I, I
1: just I like just as a quick thing. I really like what they did with it, and that it's not. They're fucking tricky. Final Fantasy Seven Remake is a it's them. It's not just a remake, in that we're playing a remake. The game itself the story's being remade as you play it. Like yes, when you go into the shit that happened, I don't, I think they did a really cool thing. Some people don't like it. What they ended up doing was really cool. And there's a lot of little tricky things they did in there that some people thought were plot holes that when you play the whole game and get the whole scope of the game, you're like, Oh shit. Yeah,
0: And it's still only part one. So like, I'm not going to go ham on the whole, you know, this is plot holes and all that stuff. Like let it, let it be. You only got one part of the game so far. Yeah. It's an episodic release, so we're gonna get a part two and maybe a part three or whatever. But one of my friends
1: straight up said it's the best Final Fantasy they played. They're like, I'm not gonna kid y'all. They were like, FF7 Remix, the best one.
0: Honestly, it's up there for me. I haven't ranked it yet because I still have the recency bias going on where it's the last Final Fantasy game that I played. Yeah, and I haven't gone back to any of the ones before to kind of like reevaluate how I feel about them. Um, but I feel very strongly that Final Fantasy VII Remake is probably in my top five just because it's it's a remake of Final Fantasy VII, which is an amazing Final Fantasy game. But also, I just think they did such a fucking mind-blowing job at it. And there are some moments in that game that really took my breath away, like when Eric first comes out with that red dress. I just... <laughs> like, when I first saw that, mind you, I was playing it with my friend beside me the entire time. And there's just some really, really nice things that strike up the whole nostalgia feeling from when yeah. I was a kid. But, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Final Fantasy VII Remake, and you know, it might even be a whole episode or something. We, who knows? But, yeah, back to Bravely Default 2. So, Bravely Default 2, if you ever played a Bravely Default game, they were on the Nintendo
1: 3DS, right? Is that where yeah. they Yeah, I don't think they were on it. I don't think it was on the DS. I'm pretty sure they were on the 3DS. Well, yeah. there was only two before this, Bravely Default and Bravely Second.
0: Yeah. So, I played the first one. I played the first Bravely Default game. Rain on a 3ds and uh i really liked it i didn't end it i got pretty far in it and i just kind of stopped playing it and i feel like the same thing happened a monster hunter game came out on the 3ds and i just Mm. completely stopped playing everything else because that's what i do but uh i remember liking it a lot i like the whole brave system uh and you know braving and defaulting and i like how you can store your turns and i love turn-based rpgs i know a lot of people have gotten away from that style or
1: i still love
0: them i love turn-based it gives me time to think i don't feel like i'm button mashing as some can be you know like in certain games and this is not an attack but like in certain games you can pretty much just button mash the attack button throughout and kill everything i mean your character is so strong to a point that it's just like this will actually get me through 99 percent of the fights with very little deviation from just mashing the attack button and I feel like the turn-based thing kind of lends itself to more strategic approaches, uh, especially when you can choose to exhaust yourself for several turns, and you can't act if you do it if you overdo it and you don't end the battle. It, it has consequences. So yes. I like the idea of consequence-based combat.
1: The brave, the brave default system's cool because first of all, they gave you a reason to use defend. Yes. In- Oh my, I my god! Yeah, very rarely ever I've defend, never defend. Yeah, any RPG, true. right?
0: I've never defend,
1: but in Bravely Default, like default is your defend, yeah. And it, it also gives, gives you a turn. like it an, gives you an a action. Turn. It gives you yeah. BP, yeah, uh, an yeah. action for you to brave on, and then yeah, there's a whole uh, debt system in Bravely Default if you've never played it, where you can start to you can start off a, a combat and just like hit the brave button four times, yeah. And that'll give you well three times, and that'll give you four actions: your current action and then the three actions you went in debt. If you do that, that character can't take a turn for the next three turns he gets a chance. So real
0: quick, I just want to explain what the whole braving, for people who just do not know anything about Bravely Default, braving in this game, so it's a turn-based game, and when you brave, you essentially are saying, I'm going to take an additional action on my turn, but if you don't have any brave points stored up, it it kind of puts you in depth. So it'll say negative one. So if you press like the art, like an R2 button, like it's in the same spot as R2. If you press R2 on your turn, your character will say minus one if they don't have any brave points stored up. And if you press it again, it'll say minus two. This means that they're going to be inactive after this turn for negative, like two turns, they're gonna
1: do yeah. nothing. Um, <laughs> I like that shit a lot. It's, it's really a lot of strategy, it's
0: resource management, it. and it's so cool because usually in rpg games even the turn-based ones you don't really have to manage resources too much outside of maybe items if you use them i think kenny and i both kind of avoid using items in, in rpgs the most much part. yeah we we kind of avoid items i don't it's just like the way we i guess grew up or something but uh it makes you manage your resources in a different way and you can get wiped out if you over brave and don't have turns coming up and then the enemies like have the enemy will just have free range to attack you four times in a row or something and like wipe your entire party
1: yeah, you get poisoned. You might get paralyzed, and yeah, shit. you have to be very oh, careful. You God. want your white
0: mages to like have brave points stored up, so that they can take several actions. They need to. They need to cure multiple people in yep. one turn. That that can come up a lot. So it just teaches you uh, resource management, and it's really fun.
1: Yeah, and then if you if you default, which is defending, every time you default, you gain a BP, and so you can default up to you have like plus three BP, yeah. and once you have plus three you can brave that way you can take four turns in a, in one turn and then because you built up uh points you could do that again if you want to so you in two turns you could take eight turns yeah because you spent three or four turns not doing anything but defending and it creates a really interesting battle system that not really any other game has uh, has been able to do
0: yeah outside of try like, to do outside of square they have octopath traveler and I swear to god octopath traveler is literally just bravely default it is like, There's not much of a... I don't even know what the real... I mean, I love Octopath Traveler. It's I played it before Bravely Default 2, and it's really good, but it is the exact same battle system, which I love. I'm glad that it's like a, a battle system that works really well, so I don't feel like it's repetitive when I'm playing Bravely Default 2 or Octopath Traveler or whatever. They both feel very fun and very unique, probably because of the characters. But for the most part, the battle systems are ex- exactly the same where... You store your turns and then you can pretty much do a burst thing where you just use a bunch of actions at one turn and hopefully end the battle. And if you don't, you're kind of just sitting there like, damn, uh, I kind of scream myself. This enemy the, is, die.
1: the other thing that's dope about both of them that lends to all of this is the is the customization and the job system of both of them. Like, yes, you you get to really go in on customizing your characters the way you've
0: very them. creative. Yeah.
1: The jobs so, yeah. that you get, you get to, I don't know, you just get to the mix them out and you build up the job points. I really like job based RPGs. I feel like there's not enough of them.
0: There are, there and, are. Square is definitely leading the pack with the job based RPG games. And I, Octopath and by Default are very good at it. Uh, it's interesting. So in Octopath Traveler, everyone can, you can have two people with the same job except the last four jobs. They're like these uh, ridiculously powerful jobs. Those jobs are exclusive to what like only one person can be on that job. And then every party, you know, everybody can have a job and a sub job. Um, Mm -hmm. And Bravely Default, though, that there's no such thing as two people. like, you can have your entire party all be a dragoon. You can do do the
1: white mage playthrough.
0: Yeah, you could. Yeah, you everyone can be a white mage and a black mage if you if you wanted to, for whatever reason, you can just do that. But the job system creates combos and uniqueness where Kenny discovers some things that I Didn't even venture out into, and I discovered some things that like he didn't do, and it's really cool in that way. To every one of my friends who's played Brother Default, we make different combos with the job system of how we want to approach battles and how we want to approach kind of trying to break the game because that's essentially what you're doing. You're trying to put together these special abilities that the the classes have, like the jobs have special abilities.
1: Any game with a job system, other. that's your goal. Your yeah, goal that is, is literally the
0: goal. Break it. Yeah. Just, you just absolutely wanna, like, shatter it. You want to ruin the game if, if you can. Make it where the enemies pretty much can't even fight or
1: play. You know what game kind of has a job system, but it's weirdly FF10. Like, it doesn't, but it does. It, like, it, it does like have tier... a job.
0: Yeah, because everyone, yeah. everyone is a class. If you ever played, like before Final Fantasy 10, if you ever played like Tactics, for example, you yeah. know that everyone on your party is actually just a job like kamari is literally a blue mage right like that's like character... a blue
1: mage mixed with a dragoon
0: yes yes actually a blue mage dragoon right so you have like characters are blatantly jobs from older final fantasy games but they don't say it literally like unit hey, hey, white... hey. unit is a white mage very clearly lulu is a black mage very clearly but it doesn't say that but you kind of know that if you ever play any of the older games with jobs which is yeah. cool to me
1: and then, yeah, so in FF10, if you use the sphere grid, like you can basically, especially in the expert sphere grid, um, you can just freely go wherever you want and just kind
0: of. So you can have, like, if you want it, you can have Tidus go over to Yunas and be a white mage.
1: Yeah, at the very start of the game, I remember I've played FF10 a lot and I did a lot of playthroughs. So I've done a whole playthrough where I shifted everybody clockwise one step. So instead of Titus going on his, he went on, I think Riku's is the one right next to his. And I just like shifted the whole thing. Because he's
0: technically like a warrior, right? He's technically, we would call him a warrior class and then she would be a thief. Yep. So then you made him into a thief.
1: Yep. And then I think Riku got shifted into like white mage. And then I think Yuna ended up where Lulu was. Lulu ended up where Waka was. Waka was like on Titus. I mean Waka was on Oren and Oren was on Titus.
0: Yeah. What um, what would, would Oren be considered? What job is that, you think? Like a knight? Is it just like knight? I guess he would be a knight, right? Maybe samurai? Okay. Um, I guess see samurai as well. Samurai is a rare pretty rare job. It's like, not in a lot of games. It's not knight a lot. knight I only said knight cuz it's in a lot more games and knights are known yeah. to be one defender of the people in a way.
1: Yeah. And
0: I kind of think of him as a defender of the people in the storyline, but that might not necessarily be how he fights in battle. Yeah, I he's, he's a, kind of
1: he's probably a mix of both because he does have like provoke and stuff to yes. force attacks to him.
0: Yes, he does have that. And then he he kind of breaks through defenses. That's that's his thing. Yep. It seems like he's he's all about debuffing. Uh and so he'll break through like this monster is an armor monster, are naturally pierces through it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah.
1: But yeah, it's it's fun. I've done a bunch of plays. FF10 where clockwise i did counterclockwise and then i just did whatever i wanted but you can do a lot and it's one of those things where i don't think anybody thinks of it as a job-based game because it's a bit more esoteric yeah uh, in order to get to that part of the system but it kind of is
0: yeah the characters represent jobs if you really you really think about it speaking of characters though so let's talk about regularly defaults characters so it only has four characters that you really play with Yep, And you get, throughout the course of the game, you do get uh, party members who just are kind of in the background and they attack randomly. You can't control them at all. You have the guest characters. But they are there. Yeah, they're guests. They are there. Usually, when you have a guest, it's a time to uh, train because they're really powerful or they heal you for no reason at all. Uh, They can be
1: fucked up good, yo. They're
0: really, really powerful. And so I use them to kind of grind. But the four main characters that you have at all times, um or uh, after you get to a certain point they're really all very unique and this is one of those games where the main character doesn't have too big of a personality. I feel like it's one of those where like the main character you name you name the main character whatever you want, right? Yep. And and so they so no one ever refers to the main character by name throughout the entire game, which is funny cuz Final Fantasy 10 I think is the exact same way. That's one of that's my one of my only gripes with on FF10. Is that it's
1: one of my favorite games. But whenever they talk to Titus, they're like, "Hey, that guy—that's the star player of the Xanarchy."
0: Yeah, they never actually refer to the main character by name, which is really awkward because, in you know, they talk—that was the first Final Fantasy game where they spoke, like there's actual audio. And I don't know, it's just weird when they go. I feel like you have to go out of your way to make a main character that's never referred to by name. like I always thought that was weird.
1: What's also weird is Titus isn't a blank slate main character. No, he has he's a
0: personality. He's a, a huge yeah. personality, right?
1: Giving yeah, us the option to name him is kind of annoying. Because yeah. we didn't get to name any other characters in the game. Thank God, because the dialogue wouldn't work. Yes. Um, but they let you name all of the Aeons, the summons, which yeah. that was cool. Um, yeah, so
0: I guess they never referred, <laughs> never referred to them either.
1: But yeah, I don't know. I wish they didn't do that. But in Brave Default Two, Seth, who is the main character's like default name, he's very much um, a blank slate. Yeah. And but he's cool. Like his interactions in the cutscenes are still kind of cute. Like he, yeah, I like he has his, a, personality, a personality. that he has. Like, yeah, he, has he some does have personality.
0: He's not him. We we weren't. We're not really saying that him or or Titus are bland or not really a character because they're not referred to by name because they do have personalities. It's just kind of strange that they make these RPGs where the character you play as the most is just never going to be referred to at any point during a game outside of roundabout measures that they do.
1: Yeah. I think any game that wants to go completely blank slate where you name your character and the character doesn't really do anything at all. I think if you the reason why they're doing that is because they want you to project onto that character.
0: Right.
1: But To do that, they got to have custom... You got to let me customize them. You got to let me change the hair color, skin tone, eyes. As
0: a kid, me and my best friend used to always say that... And this this kind of happened because of Final Fantasy X. We used to say that we wanted a drop-down of names that would be spoken. So you can't really name the character, per se. But Mm -hmm. you do get options of what the main character's name could be. And whatever one you choose... There's that, there's voice, lines lines for, voice acting. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There's voice acting for all of it. Even though I am asking for probably a lot, I don't know how hard it is to replace uh, the sound of like a name throughout the entire game. I don't know if it's a simple switch to you know if, if we name him Eric, yeah. now, now everyone's going to say Eric in this in this cutscene as opposed to Titus or whatever the case may be. But I thought it would have been cool to just have something where there's still voice acting. But this is all very nitpicky because we both know, Brave Default Two and Final Fantasy Ten are fucking they fucking amazing. Yeah, Carlos. the characters...
1: <clears throat> so Yeah, I mean, I like Seth, but then the other characters are Elvis, who, yep. uh... It's Elvis.
0: He's I like always want to mage. call the one girl
1: anyes Her name for is anyes
0: So does Gloria, Elvis, and I don't remember the, the thief. Like, Adele. His name. Adele, there you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I always accidentally call Gloria anyes because that's the main character... Well, not the main character. Pseudo main character of Bravely Default 1. Okay. Um... But all those characters, like the game's not a super in-depth mega story game. It it's has not. a story. It does and... have a story,
0: and it's a good one. But it's not super developed. It it, it feels very old school. Like it, it, it feels like, like an old
1: school RPG. Like it does. It feels like on the adventure. Yeah. Um.
0: But the characters, oh,
1: yeah. I really like the character interactions. I think a lot of the interactions are pretty cute and and like just enjoyable. To it has that to thing do. like
0: from the Tales games where. You get those little dialogue things that you can you can choose to interact with. So yep. you can we can press the button, like the start button or whatever, and it will bring up a little cutscene thing that's like four little uh boxes with the characters in it, and they'll start discussing something funny or something relevant to the plot at the time. Yeah, things going
1: on. And it really yeah. gives the game more uh it gives the game more a look of a roundedness where when you're playing through an RPG. Especially when I was a kid, man, I I get in my head and just imagine things. I really get into the role-playing of a role-playing game. So if I'm running through the game, and when we go, I'm talking to my fucking self. I'm like, oh, fucking Yuffie, blah, blah, blah. Like, You know what I mean? I'm doing that. So it's cool when the game does it, too, because then it really makes it so that you feel like the characters got close, became friends, went on this adventure. And they're real.
0: Because what the hell else would four people traveling together, they would be speaking. Especially, sure. if some shit just went down. They would definitely talk about it, gossip about it, that whole thing. So it makes it more realistic that these little side conversations happen. Because how often, when you're with your friends, do you just engage in random conversations about something that you just saw or something that just happened all the time? Right? Anything? Yeah. We yeah. used to when
1: Fraser would come to my house a lot. We would walk up to this Wawa every night. Yeah, and every single night, it was like a thirty minute walk. We didn't yeah. just walk in silence. Like <laughs>
0: yeah, we would talk the damn, the whole yeah. way, really. Yeah. So yeah, it, it makes the game more believable, it makes the characters more believable, and you start to get more into their personalities, like the one guy Elvis, you don't really get to find out his exact age, he's always kind of hiding it. And the the, the don't glory sweat the details.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Frazier did not play in english but he watched my stream because i played in english he was like i can't deal with your fucking voice yeah right
0: oh now. my god so you have, I, option, always have
1: this hard scottish accent it's so
0: bad you have the option to put the game in uh japanese voice acting or english voice acting i naturally being a weeb just went straight to japanese no question i'll just read subtitles the whole game don't fucking care also because the characters tend to announce things in battle i really hate repetitive english voiceovers in rpgs it is so fucking bad when you keep hearing them say. I remember, what was that? Uh, it was a show on G four <laughs> where they did this damn voice of they. They reviewed the game, and in the game, this one character every time she did a fireball attack, I want to say she would say "hot stuff coming your way," and it <laughs> just kept saying it: "hot stuff coming your way, hot stuff coming your way." So they started using that shit like they would have a clip where somebody opens a microwave and they'd be like, "Hot stuff coming your way." I fucking hated it. You guys probably hate hearing me say it like six times just now. It's awful, but I turned my shit to Japanese immediately. I had it on
1: English because I was streaming it, and I'm not about to fucking yeah. read everybody. You don't want
0: to have to read a damn RPG game to to your uh the people watching Hell your man. stream. That's just not Hell okay. I don't know. But for me, someone who's playing it in the confines of my room and just having a good time, not having to hear the same thing over and over, even though. I'm sure, I'm hearing the same thing, but I don't understand it. So, but it sounds cooler, you're it just, sounds way cooler. Somebody's just like, that? Oh, what it up? Oh, oh what it up? Like, oh, all right, sweet. It. Yep, yep, you're finished over and over again. I'll take it in Japanese every time, but uh, yeah, so the characters are really cool. Uh, they're not as in depth as you know, a final, like a full on Final Fantasy game, even though this is also made by Square, yeah, but but it does, it, it does, is a full
1: game, like I played. I have well over a hundred hours. Same. I think I have a hundred as well.
0: Yeah, I know I have at least a hundred. I played it a lot in the first two weeks. I mean, it was my life. We were both playing for. I feel like I use this number a lot, but sixteen hours a day.
1: Yeah, I can say factually that my very first stream of it was a fifteen-hour stream.
0: Yep. So something around there. I because I also would watch your stream and play it alongside you. And it would, however long you would go, I would just, I would still be up. I would just be playing it as well. Um, yeah. That shit was crazy. sick. <laughs> yeah. Bravely Default. It's, it's a really, I we, we highly recommend that you do play Bravely Default too. And you don't, oh, it's another one of those games where you don't have to play any other Bravely Default game. Uh, they're completely yeah, It's not related
1: to the first one.
0: Nope. It's like Final Fantasy. You can just jump in on anyone that you want and you don't have to know anything about the pri- uh, previous one at all.
1: And it's worth jumping in, like, as a, just a JRPG, the job system, the freedom that the game gives you. Uh, it's just, I don't know, There's a when you dive into the game, I just feel like there's a lot of meat and stuff you can do. Like, games with job systems really like grinding. I guess if you're a person that absolutely hates grinding, it's not for you. But yeah. I really get into the, the groove of the grind and just... Yeah, we should
0: talk about grinding, then, because I fucking love grinding. It's the reason why I love Monster Hunter. I Shame. love grinding. I think grinding is who I am as a gamer. Uh, I prefer, so I guess grind, like games where you have to grind for abilities and levels are more fun to me than, let's say, a fighting game. Like, I love Smash Bros. I love Tekken and Street Fighter and all those games. Those are all secondary to games where I'm kind of playing not against someone, but just kind of developing my characters uh, through constant yeah. grinding. I love those games more, personally.
1: It's fun building up their abilities and stuff. Um
0: Yeah, Braven to Flight like, has a really cool system with the jobs. Go ahead, what were you gonna say?
1: Yeah, and Brave yeah, the, the jobs. I was gonna say another game. I think I mentioned this before, but Deskaya is a huge, gigantic grind game. And oh, yeah. there's part there's literally a point that you hit in Des where you're just hard grinding, trying to get your numbers as high as possible to fight some ridiculous boss who has stats that are over fucking ninety thousand yeah. million. Like it's it's ridiculous, but Brave It false like that too, just the numbers aren't as absurd.
0: Yeah. Um, so grinding for me, I don't mind repetition. And I feel like I guess you don't either. We can do the same thing yeah. over and over and over again. And I was yes,
1: like, there's some games where they don't pull it off. And it's that it's that weird it's that weird secret sauce that I don't know how to talk about. Yeah, there's some I games that, that I've played where you have to grind. I'm like, man, fuck! I'm not fucking grinding, fuck! Like, yeah. I get annoyed. I'm like, fuck this game! Like, this game yeah. sucks. They make us. So I know good
0: exactly game. what you mean.
1: But then there's other games like Bravely Default where I can spend ten hours in the first area of the game just like grinding, and yeah. I'm loving every minute of it.
0: I love grinding in Kingdom Hearts. I remember playing the very first Kingdom Hearts and being on Destiny Island, that part where the <laughs> heartless just keep spawning. Yeah. And you can you can get to whatever. Technically, you can get you can to do whatever that infinite. Level. You can get to whatever level you want to get to until you are bored or tap out. And I would there's sit there up, and do that a for a while.
1: Guy getting all the way to max level.
0: Nope. I it will, took not, him, like, do, I will not do that, though. Time. Yeah, that, it so like that is obnoxious. Hours. Yeah, that's that's a level of grinding that's that, that's no longer fun to me, but I do grind stuff like that. When I find little exploits like that, uh, mm-hmm. like I said, in Blade Default 2, there's parts where you have really powerful party members that essentially make it where you can't lose a battle. And I'll take those opportunities to grind really hard. I just love seeing your characters' level go up. Love it when they start to one-shot monsters that you used to kind of struggle with. I love it in games where monsters start to run away from you because your characters are so powerful, and then that happens in later of <clears> default. <throat> if you're under-leveled in an area, the monsters will approach you, and they'll be blinking red. But if you're over-leveled, the monsters will fucking turn around and run away from you.
1: And they'll start sweating. Yeah, they literally start
0: sweating, (laughs) they get anxiety, and they just fucking make a run for it.
1: The other thing that's really fun about grinding is it's just unlocking the different abilities and mixtures of skills. Like, I'm excited to New Game Plus, I haven't done it yet.
0: Yeah, I'm excited
1: to New Game Plus Bravely Default at some point because when I New Game Plus, I'm going to. You can. This game has a New Game Plus where you can literally pick anything you want to carry over and you can pick what you don't want to carry over. So, I'm not going to carry over my level. I'm going to go back to level one, but I am going to carry over all my jobs just so that I don't have to grind the jobs, and I already have them, and right from level one, I can just mix and match and make all these crazy different job combos throughout the duration of the game. Yeah. Until my second playthrough, I probably won't grind that much or at all, and I'll instead just utilize the different abilities I have available to me and make cool combinations and play through the game that way, and I think that'd be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, me too, and I wonder, what do you guys think about about grinding do you like grinding in video games do you think it's kind of pointless do you just kind of rush through it and essentially beat every boss as fast as you can without stopping to just get your level up or explore too much you just kind of go straight forward because there are those players who they get to the end of the game and they're at like level 45 so the last boss will actually be difficult to them i have the opposite experience where i grind so much in video games especially rpgs that once i get to the final boss I'm so fucking overleveled <laughs> that I, I like I can't even tell this is the final walls. I just de- I de- destroyed them. I absolutely destroyed them. And I don't I don't feel bad about it. Like I don't feel like I'm having any less fun. I kind of just my fun was the part where I stopped to get my characters to level 99 or whatever the max level is and most yeah. games 99. I like that part. I do it in every final fantasy game except 10 where they have a spear grid. but I do it in every Final fantasy game essentially I get my characters to max level before I end the game. So like I usually 13,
1: go go to Crystarium.
0: <laughs> I did not I did not get that far in uh in 13 but we'll we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> uh, when we get to our bad RPG segment. But yeah, okay. I I enjoy grinding so so much and as long as the game has something that you're working towards either new skills that you unlock uh and bravely default 2 if you you get JP, so that's like job points, and that makes it where you essentially, the job level goes up and it unlocks new abilities for that job, and when you master all the abilities, it usually starts off with 12 abilities. When you master all of them, uh, the job is considered a mess and it unlocks a new like background ability for that job that makes the job even more powerful when that goes up. Yep,
1: a new passive.
0: Yeah, so for example, Red Mage, it <laughs> when, you, when you get Red Mage to master level, it allows you to start double casting any spell.
1: Yep, you so get literally, spell.
0: so any spell you cast is just cast twice with no MP, like no extra MP cost either. So you just cast spells twice. So that combos with like black mage or white mage or really anything that casts a spell. And it can become really out of hand when you have a red mage as a sub job or a main job. And then you also have some, some other spell casting job. You start casting crazy shit like doomsday or whatever.
1: So now, mind you, you can. So I can go Thundaga and he'll cast Thundaga twice, which means that if I brave, so I have four turns, <laughs> I'm casting eight Thundagas.
0: Yep. And all for the cost of four. And it doesn't do that thing where, oh, these Thundagas are like 60% of their power. They're full power Thundagas being cast twice. And that's just what happens when you max one job like that is just maxing red mage
1: that's so, just maxing red mage and mixing it with black mage there's so many job con, and that's the, where the real meat and the fun is i think it, it has like this little tinkering thing that you enjoy where you enjoy just kind of it's like a puzzle or like you know you, you just enjoy yeah, slotting the things and making crazy up. shit
0: some of it is set up blatantly for you to mix you can tell oh shit this goes well with this and then there will be parts of the game where you just spend an hour in the menu setting up your characters. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen you do it on stream. I've done it yep. in, my, like in my room. I've literally sat there for an hour just in the menu, setting up my characters, their jobs, what skills they're going to be using, what, what equips, because the equips matter a lot too. They affect your weight, your speed, your evasion. how often enemies actually target you for attacks, even though that shit is finicky. But yeah, your equips matter a lot. There's times where I will spend a good amount and the menus, just customizing characters, your equips really matter because if you're, for example, a black mage or a red mage, they specialize in stabs. And if you go to a warrior, you need to have a sword or something along those lines equipped, and it yeah. changes your stats depending on what you have equipped. So there's a lot of customization. A,
1: like a weight limit. The yep. equipment has weight. Uh, yeah, the level,
0: a lot level of determines money. how much you can carry. So if you find a really rare sword, for example... You can't necessarily just equip it as soon as you find it. You know, you might be like, "Holy shit, this thing has plus 300 attack." But it'll say the weight of it is like 200 and your character at level 25 would have to be butt-ass naked to carry that sword.
1: Yeah, they'll be over over uh like encumbered and yeah. uh
0: and their stats will they'll cool. get debuffed by that. Yeah,
1: your stats ends up going down if you're over encumbered. Yeah, it's what really cool. the system
0: is really cool. I found a
1: sword super early. And I was like, I'm fucking using this. And I basically had my guy straight naked. Like,
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dungeon crawling is fun. Finding fucking things in, in RPGs is, is definitely one of the more fun things. I think both of us like Bravely Default because you get a really early ability that tells you exactly how many treasure chests are unopened in an area.
1: Yeah. And, and so you get to go around and it just really makes exploring the dungeon because you know exactly like when you've completed the dungeon, basically. Yep.
0: Yep, when you find everything, it's like okay, now I can go fight the boss. But I'm not going to fight the boss until I un, until I open every single chest.
1: So and I'll spend I'll spend an extra two hours looking for one chest. Yeah, I think
0: that's the Zelda in us. We're used to uh, finding every because in, in Zelda you kind of have to for the most part. Like you need all the small keys and the yep. you, know, you need every key and everything. So you pretty much have to find all the chests in Zelda games anyway. Uh, so naturally, it just creates a completionist mindset. So let's talk about. Favorite battle system. So we both like Raven Default 2's battle system. What other battle systems and RPGs do you really enjoy?
1: Okay, so just going strictly off of um, turn-based RPGs, not including any other games. So just kind of going off of turn-based RPGs, my favorite battle system has probably been FF10, to bring it up again. Oh, damn. Um, and That's the reason, hard. the reason why is because it took a fairly unique approach, I want to say. Maybe not super unique, but this is what FF10 did, if you don't know, if it's not clear. Essentially, you it's a turn-based game, and on the side of the screen, it says, like, whose turn is coming up next, yeah. right? So it'll be, like, Titus, Yuna, Waka, Monster, Monster, Orin. And what I liked about it is every single attack in the game had, like, an invisible speed stat tied to it. Depending yeah. on how quick or slow the action was, depended on when, how quick your next action would come up in the turn. So... If you use haste, you directly saw the results of haste. Um, it's kind of like FF7's action time battle, where FF7 has the bar that fills up. When the yeah. bar fills up, you get to take an action. Depending on the type of action you take, speeds up or slows down the bar filling up. So FF10 basically has that same system as 7, but it's broken down to a more solid turn-based system where there's not bars constantly filling up. Yeah, and you can um,
0: plan when... like you You can see, okay yuna my white mage her turn is coming up after this monster but this monster might kill someone so mm-hmm. let me use a potion or something now yep you my character now because the white mage is not going to get a turn before the boss acts
1: exactly it let's you we plan, plan to see that whereas in ff7 and other uh action time battle games i like those games a lot but sometimes you, it the feels enemies like just start
0: acting they start cheating almost it feels like sometimes it
1: feels like you just got to hit attack you're like yep. I, I just got it
0: and it forces, an a- it forces an action. It kind of defeats the purpose of turn-based because if you have it on ATB, uh, active, and not wait, you can fucking be in the menu trying to do something and the enemy will just start attacking your party like over and over again while you're yeah. trying to decide what you want to do, which I do not like that level of anxiety. I get so nervous and I'm like, fuck. Like, don't rush me. Let not me go all. in my menus and figure out, do I want to use Cura here? Do I want to... Maybe Cura will get the job done. I don't have to use Cura. I'll save some MP because... Lord knows, I'm really cheap when it comes to spending MP in in RPGs.
1: That's Um, something that's pretty good about FF13. As much as um, there are downsides to it, I do have some. I do have some upsides to it. But let's hear your
0: upsides to FF13. Well, FF13,
1: you can um, you can set up sort of macros for different actions. So you could take a certain number of actions. Like I think you take like four actions, right? So it could just be like attack, 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 and on your turn, your character would attack four times. Or it could be like attack, cure, cure, fire. Or whatever, and you could set up certain different macros, yeah, they were available. And I, have, um,
0: I yeah, I kind of remember that
1: you could mess, you can just kind of mess with those macros, and that uh, that was kind of cool. Like, I enjoyed that about 13 in general. Look, to real quick on 13, I think that there's a lot wrong with it. Uh, mainly, I don't want to get into all of it, but <laughs> I ended up enjoying the one. game, I ended up enjoying the game as just a game, but there's a lot wrong with it. But I will say, after you get all the way to the end of the game, and you go into the big open field, that yep. shit's kind of beautiful.
0: Yeah, that part is cool, but I'm just going to talk about why I don't fucking like Thirteen, because I, I'm not going to let these people not hear hear me right tell them. Fine, what, we'll we can do it. Let's go. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Say it. Thir- 13's biggest problem to me was you don't get your party members all together in a battle until, like, fucking 40 hours in. Literally, go. from the start of the game, until... I want to say 40 plus hours into the game you're forced into these one-on-one pairings so it'll be the main character with like the guy's size or whatever his name or is like
1: lightning and snow or yeah or like vanilla and, and, and it's like
0: always two at a time and also there's no roaming at all like that game was made as just one long ass hallway you always just have to navigate you're going straight pretty much the entire game there's no exploring anything, the dungeons or anything. There's no exploring. There's no secret chest to really find. It's very, very linear. It almost feels like you're actually just playing through a movie, and you're waiting for the next cinematic because it's it has a lot of cutscenes. And I don't mind cutscenes. I love Final Fantasy games because of their amazing cutscenes. The problem is I don't have any deviation from what the game is telling me to do for the main story. It's literally you go straight, you fight boss. You go straight. You fight boss. It switches to, to two other characters, and then you do the same exact thing. And then after forty hours of that nonsense, you finally get to an open field. But at that point, if you're like me, you're fucking over it. Like it's I was over it. it. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> everything you said is true. Uh, the game. Everything you said is exactly. What I like the, the game. game. is a beautiful yeah. like
0: for its time. It was a very beautiful game. It looked really cool. The battle system, it's okay. Uh, it has this whole paradigm shifting thing that you kind of do where you say like oh my 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 guys are all in assault mode right now or or they're all in defensive mode and you
1: control the ai or your other party members yeah instead of controlling them directly
0: and what was weird about that is you would fight against the boss and let's say the first time you fought against it you would just get completely wiped out like you would you would go into the fight how you've gone into the last 40 fights you've had where you just leave your characters on assault and they'll just attack and destroy the boss or destroy the monsters, and then you'll get up to the boss battle, and that will literally get you killed. So you have to figure out which mode to put your characters on. But once you do that, here's what I didn't like. I would switch myself to a paradigm thing that was more defensive, and we would auto-win the fight. I wouldn't I wouldn't have yeah. to fight my controller. I remember literally this one machine you fight, because that game has a lot of machine bosses. There was this one really big machine boss that would shoot lasers and shit, had a bunch of cannons and a big hit. And I switched my characters to this one paradigm thing. And I just let them go, and like now my characters weren't really taking as much damage; they were counter-attacking everything, and I didn't have to do anything. Like I literally just chose that option, and that ended the fight for me. It it, it took a little while, but it, it like there was no fear of death at that point. Like I literally was able to kind of let myself
1: like go. Yep. the controller. So uh, I want to say I, I pretty much agree with everything you said. Uh, I ended up like playing through it, enjoying it. I played it really late because I played FF13 on my PS3 or whatever. Okay, I played it for all of. 10 minutes before just turning it off. It's a it PS3 game, right?
0: That's where, it, that's where it came out.
1: Yeah, but I didn't really play it on PS3. I played it okay. for all 10 minutes, and I just like shut it down. Yeah. And then many years later, it came out on Steam, and yeah. I wanted to own every Final Fantasy game on Steam, so that I just had them all on my computer. So I yeah. bought it, and I played through it, and I was like, whatever, I'll try it on my computer, whatever. And I played it, and I ended up getting into it, and even though I pretty much agree with all of your downsides, I ended up just kind of getting into it and going through the game and enjoying it, and Liking it, but I will say, I think I do think it's not that good in terms of like all it the other final sauce You were
0: talking about before. it, it, it just really doesn't. doesn't. like it looks
1: pretty and like there's some fun aspects, but it doesn't have the secret sauce. Also, like okay, the level up system is the crystarium instead of it being it, it tries to be like the sphere grid, whereas the it sphere is grid is lets it. you go through grid it grid. and it gives you a lot of choice. The crystarium is literally just the level up system. That you have to do extra steps for. There's no choice. You just yeah. level up. So you just have to go into a menu, hold the A button or the X button, and you level up. And you don't really get, you might be able to like take one extra deviation to get one thing and then come back.
0: But it's not but, real. It's, but it's, but it's the just a level up choice. system. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's the it's, illusion of choice. The spear grid literally allows you to deviate. If Titus is a warrior, he can literally become a thief or a black mage at a point. You can literally choose this is how I want to develop my character. And you can look ahead. And see exactly how he's going to end up. Yep. The Crystarium, Final Fantasy XIII. Not like that. But anyway, do that at all. game but, is not that good. Worth playing. Go ahead. One,
1: it is worth playing. One nice thing with the story, though. I think one of the biggest problems is the terminology it uses. In thirteen, everything is like there's the Falci and the Lassie and the Seath. Oh, God, I
0: forgot about this. You're, that when you're was playing so thirteen,
1: you don't know what the fuck is going on. No, they never there's never really so much it. like lore and like words that don't mean anything that are part of the story. Whereas in FF10, yeah. just to like draw and loose an FF10, when you go in FF10, Titus isn't part of that world. And so they explain things to him and it doesn't feel forced because you know, he, he has, doesn't know what's going on.
0: Exactly. So when they
1: explain things to you, everything kind of makes sense and it happens at a stage pace. They literally
0: say he has amnesia. And so yeah. it makes sense, you playing the game and being dropped into a world with Machina, you don't really know what that means. The Albed, you don't really know what that means either. You start to learn it because everyone talks to you like you're stupid. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't feel forced.
1: It and they, they don't like, whereas in this game, everybody just talks as if they all know what's going on. Yeah. So like, yeah, so there's a Lassie Fousie and, and they're like, <laughs> what the
0: fuck are they a talking pulse. about? It's a Pulse see, Another Foul C. And I'm just like, I don't, what the fuck is this? Like, what, what are we talking about here? Like, what is this?
1: You got to read like pages of lore in your
0: menu like, no. you even know what's going on. The answer <laughs> is no. The answer is no. The so, answer is I'm not doing that. I'm great music long, though. And I'll play some Amazing else. music. Yeah. It's a Final Fantasy game amazing music I mean it's all a, square great,
1: games have amazing great
0: music. great music amazing music great gowns beautiful gowns what you think but, about
1: in Bravely default 2 something I really like so there's an overworld theme like every game there's an overworld theme and something that's cool is when you go to a new area so you start off like in a, in a grassy area and you go to a desert area and then there's like a, a poison forest area but the the overall theme is the exact same song but they use different instruments Depending on where you are in the world, Matt. Oh, that's cool as shit. Did you not notice that? <laughs> I don't think I don't think you noticed it. Did you guys hear his reaction? He was like, "Oh shit!" You got a call out. <laughs> I,
0: so I'm gonna be the way
1: no no no, Look, you were like you looked at me for like a second, and then you were like, "Oh, that's really cool." Like that's no. not cool. You called yourself out.
0: So so I mentioned earlier that I used to play for sixteen sixteen hours a day. That does not mean that I was sleeping those over eight hours. <laughs> It means that I was I was delirious playing Borderlands Default and Monster. I would stay up for 20 hours a day, and I I would get four hours of sleep. So a lot of it was me staring at a, a computer monitor, and so I would have, I have dual monitors like everyone else. So I have one monitor where I'm using my PC, and then I have one monitor for my Switch at the time. And I would just literally be playing it and grinding my ass off to get all the jobs to max level because I literally every time I got a new job, I maxed the job out. Just that's just how I played the game. So that took a while, and it would be—it's very repetitive. But again, I like repetition. I'm an accountant, for God's sakes. So I'm sitting there doing this repetitive ass task over and over and over again, and my mind is just kind of wandering and doing other things. I start to not even hear music or anything. I'm just focused on the next level, the grind. I don't even think of. And granted, I love music, and in, in every Square game, uh, especially Final Fantasy VIII, it has like my favorite soundtrack, pretty much. But I really probably zoned out. A lot of (laughs) a lot of (laughs) Brady Default 2 for the music portion of it. I definitely zoned. I'm gonna be honest with you. I definitely zoned out. That's
1: fucking great. And I
0: would get my dopamine rushes from unlocking a new class or leveling up my character to a certain point where they can hold something really heavy that I got a while ago. Yep.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I um at first I didn't notice. So you start the game in the the default area and then you know it's got an overworld theme, whatever. And then when I went to the sand area, the next area is a this desert area. If I remember correctly, I didn't notice right away that it was the same song with dis- different instruments. But then when I got to the next main area of the game and the music changed, I was like, oh, shit. And like, I, it just, like, clicked. And I heard it. I heard it was the same song. That's pretty cool. But the, it, it was just the instruments changed. And then I went and checked. And that's how it is, like, throughout the game. All the major areas play the same overworld song, but they changed the instruments. About,
0: let's talk about music and, and RPGs, because that is a big part of why we love RPGs as well. We we both love Nobu Uematsu and Yoko Shimomura. Who did Kingdom 100%. Hearts so Final Fantasy Kingdom Hearts two amazing composers I mean Nobu is like goaded obviously we I've already talked about him a little bit on this podcast but he is just a fucking goat when it comes to being a composer and the art of music in video games capturing emotion and events and moments no one does it like him. I just
1: he kills it
0: praise be to the most high Final Fantasy 7 VII and 8 the Sephiroth theme is still so fucking iconic, even to this day. Sephiroth came into Smash this year and or like the end of last year. And the way he was pretty much announced was his the music started playing. Like yeah. you, there was nothing else. The music started playing. And if you watch a if you watch a Sephiroth in Smash reaction video, everyone freaks out the second you hear the don dude. The music starts. Like as soon as you hear that. That shit is so iconic. Everyone who's ever played any Final Fantasy seven game knows, like, <laughs> that music is Sephiroth. Even if you probably haven't played Final Fantasy, you might have heard it just on the strength of it being such an iconic theme. And that translates so far to, to not even just, you know, him being in Smash, but Final Fantasy eight for me, when I hear the overworld theme, it's so relaxing to me. And because I grew up, that's like my, again, like... In a way, a coming of age game for me, Final Fantasy VIII, The music of that game brings me literally back to the time when I was I think I was eight years old, maybe seven. Those
1: songs are good. It's really good. But if you're just sitting in your room, you know what I mean? You just chilling out, putting those that music on, like those re- like those relaxing JRPG songs, you put on those JRPG, like certain towns, like a town for any any JRPG it could be for whoever you are growing up. Whatever your favorite town was, which is like really relaxing music, you can just sit in your room and like just Mm -hmm. listen to it. You know what I mean? Like I don't know, it's it's so relaxing and just. I
0: recommend if if you haven't heard Final Fantasy VIII soundtrack, just go to YouTube, look it up at some point, and just put it on in the background while you do something else. It is so fucking relaxing and so good, and it has obviously has epic moments because there are fights and boss battles and things like that. But the composer has just done an amazing job with Final Fantasy 8. I love it. It's my favorite soundtrack of a Final Fantasy game. Second is Final Fantasy 10, I would say. I love Final Fantasy 10. Uh it is my favorite Fantasy Final is like really good. The is Island, also my favorite. It's Oh my god, BC yeah, is so drift, good. Drift a, I can listen to that sleep. looped forever. Like I can just have it looping forever. BC'd. and like that is enough for me. I don't need anything else. That soundtrack to 10 is really good as well. Yep. Yeah. Zanakin two, Royals, two one is
1: one of them, you know which what one I'm talking about.
0: Yes, I know exactly which one you're talking about because they're both really good, but one of them is really, really good. Yeah. And, There's a
1: point in the game where when you get into a battle, it doesn't stop the music for battle music. Oh, it I just love that. keeps playing the Xanarchan song. Yep. And
0: yep. oh, it's so fucking good. good. It's so juicy. Yeah, whenever it gets to so so uh, the cool thing about a lot of Final Fantasy games is that you get into a battle and then it starts a battle theme, but you get certain points in these games where the music outside of the battle becomes the music in the battle as well. It doesn't change and those moments are always fucking epic. They it's really like, they, are. like you know like some direct, shit's the, about the, to happen. Yep, the director turns up for a bit. They're like, "All right, we're not turning this music off for anything." There's no more of the da 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 like that shit goes away. Like we're now playing oh. Tzinakan the entire time and it's just epicness. It's Something so else epic.
1: I really like about music and so this is something that kingdom hearts does really well um for all of the sort of convolutedness and downsides of kingdom hearts story eventually took there is a lot of emotional themes that i think carry through really well and yeah. it's very visible in the music the composer of kingdom hearts weaves other songs in the song so if you're listening to um shion's theme you can hear bits of Ventus's, not Ventus, uh, like Roxas's theme in there, oh, and like cool. if you hear Ventus's theme, you can hear bits of Roxas's theme because Ventus and Roxas are connected, and characters oh, are connected really to awesome. each other in certain ways. You hear pieces of their theme mixed in, and it's like uh, my friend Anthony can explain it a lot better because he like did a bigger deep dive on it than me. But I remember we would just listen to it a lot and pick through the the songs like uh, like you can hear D- "Dearly Beloved," which is the main title scene, uh, theme of Kingdom Hearts, you hear Dearly Beloved in Kyrie's theme.
0: Um, Dearly Beloved is fucking <clears throat> insane. By, just by the way. Yeah. I so you can... anything that uses a piano. Just piano and violin. Yeah. piano and the violin are used in the song at all. It's usually I am, hit. I'm a fan. Piano, hit. violin, or both, or just one. <clears> I don't care. I love both of those instruments so goddamn much. As soon as I hear them, it just does something to me.
1: Yeah, there's... In Kingdom Hearts, I guess spoilers, but there's like there's a lot of nonsense with this guy named Xehanort and Ansem and all this other shit. And he's connected to a lot of different ways. But if you listen to, there's like Ansem seeker of darkness and he has a theme. And then there's a character like young Xehanort. You can, these characters that are connected, essentially what I'm trying to say is you hear their music in each other's theme. And they'll have this grand like orchestra, like final battle theme for one boss. But that boss is connected to a boss of another game. And at parts of the song, it'll calm down and you'll hear the other guy's theme mixed into the song and it that's it, cool as shit it does this, yeah it does it's really, really cool thing where and it, it goes it with ties the story these too. characters together yeah, yeah. the music, music
0: literally is driving part of the story which i think yes. is amazing so
1: and that's that's kind of what i'm trying to say i'm, I'm kind of jumbled and fucking up explaining it but but that's what i'm trying to say is that the music itself tells a very emotional story and it, it, it shows you the connections between characters where even if you've never played the game you just listen to the music And you put names to each music. This song is called Sora. This song's called Roxas. And you listen to all the songs and really took them in. You could be like, wow, this character Roxas is connected to this character Ventus. And you could know that's only because you hear their music intertwined. Yeah. And I find that really. I love the
0: Kingdom Hearts. The first time I played Kingdom Hearts 2 specifically, because that's so Kingdom Hearts 1 is great as well, but 2 is I feel like somebody just had a fucking grudge or something where they were like. The world has to hear the fucking best art ever. And you get shit like Tension Rising, which, <laughs> like, the music in Kingdom Hearts 2 is so insane. Like, so insane. Uh, I love Dearly Beloved, of course, and I love all the iterations of it. I love Xemnas' theme when you fight him at the end of the game. Like, everything, every world, all the themes. And then obviously some of the classic, because I grew up on Disney movies so some of the classic disney, yeah, movies, disney songs having those the instrumentals to those playing in the background is really cool to me pirates of the caribbean which was current at the time like you're going through the,
1: atlantica and it's like do, little under the sea happening yeah. like
0: so fucking cool just music that you relate to but then also these completely unique and original themes that yoko just produced like you know with the genius brain uh is it a is yoko a boy or girl
1: I'm pretty sure Yoko Shimomura is a girl.
0: Okay. Well, with the brilliant genius mind that she has, I love it. I just love Kingdom Hearts music and Final Fantasy music. I think both the composers are fucking insanely good at what they do. Yeah. And it's, it's, a- it's part of the reason why I replay those games. Um.
1: Yeah. They're fucking
0: good. <laughs> they're just like I go back to Final Fantasy 8, I don't even play through it. Like I don't do a full playthrough of Final Fantasy. VIII. I just kind of start a new game and play like the first hour of the game. Yo, and, Before
1: YouTube, you want to know how many times I hit a new game on FF8 just to watch the opening?
0: Yeah, oh, that too. The,
1: the, <laughs> before like, YouTube, I hit a new the fucking, game on FF8 so many and we, times.
0: And, we, and you guys know we talked about this in episode one, but the, the, the beginning cutscene for FF8 just shits on so much. <laughs> it just is so good. The music and the epicness of that, the fighting that you see, the transitions, so ahead of its time, so iconic, amazing. Like, I, I cannot stress enough how good the, the music from you know, these games are. The it's so hair. good, so good.
1: That bitch's hair in the opening is out of control.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Five I want to talk about uh, difficulty in RPGs. Okay. So, does for an RPG to be good, do you think it needs to be difficult as well? How do you feel about difficulty?
1: Um, for me, it depends. No, it doesn't. Okay. So first, this thing is a first, multi-layered
0: no, question. It does not
1: have to be difficult to be good. Okay. However. I'm a person that I do enjoy. So okay. So for example, you were saying every time you get a new job in, in Brave Default Two, you would completely grind the job out to max yeah. level, etc. And then when you get the final boss, you don't care if you are it Or would, any I boss. would
0: destroy. Yeah, it, it for basically, me, it trivialized every boss for me.
1: I have to. I go through a balancing act where I want to grind because I want to get the new cool shit, but I also never want to be over leveled because I want each boss to like test me like, yeah. like i want it to still be hard and yeah. find difficulty in, in certain things so i, I want to become broken but then i still also want to have a hard time because yeah, i've been a watching
0: your playthrough you definitely would like not level yourself too much
1: yep and uh, then if i got access to at some point i got access to an item that turned my level exp off so my thought process was i don't care if i max all my jobs but i don't want to level up so yeah. once I was able to stop myself from leveling up, I kind of did. And I would max my jobs out, but my characters wouldn't level. Um, so anyway, the point is, I like RPGs for a lot of reasons, whether or not I get into the game, into the world, the characters, the music, the story. So if a game's like super, super easy and I can just run through it, that doesn't make the game bad, especially if the story and all the other aspects are still good. I can still really enjoy it. However, I do like... And it does make the game a little bit better when the game is tough and difficult. Like in Kingdom Hearts, for example, which isn't a JRPG, but in Kingdom Hearts, for example, it's notorious for having these secret bosses that are soul-crushingly hard. And I streamed case three secret bosses on the hardest difficulty, and I beat all of them without any guides, without looking it up. There's a lot of people that, you know... And that's fine, but my whole thing is I wanted to just, like get my soul crushed and I got my ass beat when I got to the very final final super secret boss who's the hardest boss in the game it took me seven hours of dying to him before I finally beat him and I'm yelling I'm smacking my webcam I'm like cursing and shit and people in my chat are like telling me to take a break and they're like hey if you're not having fun just like go take a breather and my face would be red and I'm like what the fuck are you talking about I'm having the I'm having the time of my life like I'm yelling I'm angry and I'm, there, people are like, "You're there's something wrong with you. And I'm like, I'm, I've never had so much fun in my whole life. So so I do enjoy the difficulty and uh, just fucking really overcoming something that's really tough and, and yeah, figuring same. it out. And shit, so. I,
0: I enjoy difficulty in RPGs as well. I don't think it makes or breaks the game necessarily. So I agree no, with that. No, it doesn't. Bravely Default 2, the difficulty is actually, to me, pretty easy probably because of the way I played the game. Uh, yeah. maxing out every class grinding a whole lot but again difficulty doesn't make or break a game for me whereas octopath traveler which is pretty much the same game overall that game the difficulty even when you are leveled up to the fucking gods the last couple of uh optional bosses are really hard like yeah. they're so fucking challenging despite your level which i like because when you beat them you unlock those jobs and those jobs are ridiculous they make they trivialize every job that you have prior to those ones they're insane it kind of makes you wonder like why is this even in a game but for fun <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fun. just
1: there for fun it's literally for there for fun you. it's it's like meant the to, ultimate
0: weapon it's meant to be broken as fuck and they really live up to it so the battles are extremely hard and the up the final option of balls to bravely default too i don't think is really challenging that to me was a little bit of a letdown for a, yeah for a couple reasons. I think the main thing is I just expected it to be because Octopath has a really, really difficult optional boss. The final optional boss from Octopath Traveler is hard as fuck. I don't know why.
1: It just is. That's something it's, that I've come to enjoy is and to expect. The final boss for a lot of RPGs usually isn't the hardest, but yes, it's those optional, optional bosses and FF7, Yep, and, you know, like... Octopath FF10, Traveler, like, those, those optional, optional bosses.
0: The is hard as fuck. So FF8 has Omega Weapon, who's yeah. hard as fuck as well. Um, Seven not is strategy. Emerald
1: and Ruby Weapon, right? Yes, if I Emerald remember and correctly. Ruby Weapon,
0: and they're they're insanely difficult. Without using strategy guides, without knowing what you're supposed to do, they're really difficult. Obviously, now in 2021, you can look up how to beat pretty much anything, and yeah, you can design your party to just go in there and pretty much auto-win, but for the Dude. time period that they were played, really difficult to beat these optional bosses, and I like that. I like that challenge because it's optional. Like, it's not this boss needs to be beaten to, to beat continue the, the story.
1: Not. That boss is there to test the limits of you grinding and, and yes. mix matching and creating and to a test cool layout.
0: The durability of your controller, because <laughs> Lord knows some fucking Dual Shocks have been broken in this in this house.
1: <laughs> oh <laughs> no, no! Not, not test the durability some of, of the those bosses, Listen,
0: some of those bosses were meant to test controller durability. I am convinced. No, I'm fucking convinced. Damn. Yep, it happens. Sometimes it'd be like that. That's fucked up. But yeah, I like I like difficulty in RPGs. I don't mind hard optional bosses. I don't even mind main story bosses that require you to not button mash or not just press the attack option all the time. If they require yeah. you to do a little bit more thinking to get the job done. I also like funny bosses that you can just use a Phoenix down on because it's a zombie and it just dies. Yeah, feel like in. that's cool. Yeah, in Final Fantasy 8, there's a couple bosses that you can literally just throw a Phoenix down at or use life, the spell, and, and it'll kill you.
1: the default Fall Excuse me. I'm sorry. I yawned. In Brave of Default 2, there's definitely some bosses that I had trouble with. Um, so I was like going out of my way to force myself to not be overleveled. Yeah. Uh, But overall, I don't think the game was too hard after the first third of it. The, the very beginning of the game, there was some shit that fucked me up.
0: The beginning of the game was way harder. And maybe it's just because you're getting used to a lot of different things. And yeah. You're the not- beginning of the
1: game after the prologue. The prologue is yeah. very easy because of a guest character you have.
0: Yep. when you lose
1: that guest character it gets real <laughs> it gets fucking real
0: it gets so real
1: and one of the first bosses um we've done a decent job avoiding spoilers so i won't spoil anything but yeah. it's a boss in the desert area now there's multiple bosses you'll fight in multiple areas so you know yeah, who knows who normal. that is but there's a boss in the desert area that fucked my day up like fucked my day up i watched and i remember screen. our friend gary was like that boss wasn't that hard. I was like, what do you mean he wasn't that fucking hard? And he was like, yeah, it was easy. I thought it was going to be really hard. And then I found out he wasn't playing on hard mode. I was like, well, of course it was easy, Gary. Yep. You're a bitch. <laughs> Not really a bitch. You can play a game on any difficulty you want. But Drag him. I
0: felt some kind of way. But he
1: was he was making me feel like I sucked at the game.
0: You're we right we
1: playing on different difficulties. Anyway, Gary, I love you.
0: Get him. But you're... I love, I love you. <laughs> so how do you me. feel about... uh? Limit breaks and special moves and RPGs because I feel like that's a big part of why we like them too, right?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Fucking, I talk about this was supposed to be the Brave Little Fall Two episode. I talked about FF Ten a lot. I'm sorry, it's like one of my favorite
0: games. We're all over the place. Look, this is, this is the I Am There podcast. So. Blitz Ace, Blitz Ace, and FF Ten. Is that the one I did for you? It's Titus's it's final. The um, it's the heartbeat for
1: you, right, dude? It's his final fucking limit break. It's not. Called, it's called over, overdrive. Overdrive, yeah. yeah. Oh, Blitz Ace is fucking sick.
0: Yeah, Blitz when you Ace first unlock so that sick. shit and he starts leaning forward with that heartbeat sound, do Yeah. Doo, doo. I was like, oh, but shit.
1: But even even his first overdrive is tight. Slice uh, slice and Dice? dice? Yeah, slice is that his dice. first one? Not the yeah, one maybe. where he runs around, because there's one where he just runs around and he hits you a bunch of times. That one's whack. Uh, but I, I think that's Slice and Dice. I think that's Slice and Dice. His very first one, I forget the name. I mean, like it's like a called fucking, Spiral Cut. Spiral yeah, cut. he does a
0: crazy flip. He does he like
1: runs up and he does like a flip and like a fucking spin flip and then he does. He hits does full on gymnastics. It just, it's it's flash, it's got flash in there. That's why I like Deskaya. Das Gaia has some sick ass supers. Um Bravey Default has some dope ass supers. Bravely Default,
0: so this Bravey Default too has special moves. Every job has a limit break, a special limit break that the only that job has. And after yep. the limit break is over, they provide stat bonuses that are relevant to that job. So for example, the thief class, when it does a special ability, it's a cinematic-ass move that looks cool as shit, does a lot of damage, but then, afterwards, it increases the whole party's crit rate and their speed.
1: I also think so, it, he gets a guaranteed steal.
0: Oh, well, I didn't even... I, maybe I didn't even know that.
1: I think his his super also gets a guaranteed That's steal. That's broken. It's <laughs> just been,
0: Yeah, the specials, and the, the way the specials work in to Default 2... Is you are required to use that job's command list to proc them. So literally, to get the thieves, to get the thief's special ability or special move, it's limit break or whatever you want to call it. To get it to actually pop up, it'll say use thief skills twelve times in battle. Yep. So this could be anything. If you click on the thievery command, if you use anything in that command twelve times, then it could be a mix and match. If you use twelve thief abilities, then you'll unlock during a battle that special move. And it can be saved and it, it transfers over battle to battle. So if you don't use it, it's always there. Yeah, You, still so you can still build it up. So you have that strategy of, uh, in Final Fantasy X as well, you can build up your overdrive and have mm-hmm. every character go into a boss battle with their overdrive already ready. So that way it kind of makes the boss battle a little easier. Yuna
1: is broken. If you use Yuna Grand um, Summon and Grand Summon, Yep, you can Grand Summon and then use that summon's uh, overdrive on, like right away yep. you use overdrive right away and then, and then I think
0: if you have their overdrive before that, if their
1: overdrive was already maxed you it's could just still use there their is. overdrive two turns in a
0: row it's really dumb i don't know what they were thinking with that shit but as a kid finding that out i was like oh bahama can <laughs> use his overdrive twice in a row and it breaks the damage limit by the mega flare twice. mega flare <laughs> and that mega flare that fucking move looks cool as shit too Muhammad does a backflip. Remember when you first saw that at like the age, the tender age of nine. Oh my! And then like the he has like this this wheel. I call them gears.
1: It's, it's not a gear, but yeah, it's like a wheel on his yeah. back, and it, it like, like revs better. up and shit. It's like yeah, it
0: does. Oh, and it starts like getting energy. Oh my! First of God. all, it starts off backflipping. Muhammad, this big ass dragon. He stands with his arms crossed at all times.
1: Mega Flare is so fucking hot. He
0: backflips to start it off, and he gets on all fours. I was like, what is about to happen? When me and my best friend first saw that shit as kids, we lost it. Fucking lost it. So I really love Overdrives, Limit Breaks. Okay, Final Fantasy VIII. Because when I first played Final Fantasy VII, (laughs) I didn't get to Omni Slash. So I didn't get to that until after I was a little older, and I went back and played Final Fantasy VII um fair fair as a teenager but when when i when i first played final fantasy 8 i actually didn't make it all the way to lionheart <laughs> and lionheart <laughs> is just crack like it just <laughs> looks fucking crack i was on the phone with my friend we were we used to call each other almost every day to play final fantasy 8 and uh just literally on the phone playing it to get like he would be playing his and i would be playing mine and we both got to the same point where we needed to get uh adamantium or adamantite, something like that, to get yeah. the final... his Some final kind of, vom-
1: some kind of uh, unobtainium.
0: Yes. It was one of those things. So it was like adamantium or something. But you only got it from this certain turtle that was on this beach in a specific area in Final Fantasy VIII. You go there, you get it, and that allows you to make his ultimate weapon. And once you make his ultimate, we- his ultimate weapon, it allows you to then use his final limit break. And that shit, Lionheart, <clears throat> go on YouTube, <clears throat> look up Final Fantasy VIII Lionheart, it just looks so fucking cool. It's basically Omni Slash on crack. Oh, so naturally, crack. naturally after I beat Final Fantasy Eight, I saw Lionheart. I was like, you know what? I need to go back and play Final Fantasy Seven. Then I saw Omni Slash, and that shit looks cool, even though at the time that game was way older, so it didn't like the game didn't look as good as what was out at the time, which I think was Final Fantasy IX by the time I went and played Final Fantasy Seven again. But uh, it still looked, in the context of Final Fantasy Seven, it looked amazing. And I still like seeing it to this day. Like when I play Final Fantasy VII now, I still love seeing Omni Slash, and I can't ask to see you what the they do with it.
1: I haven't played FF15 yet. Um, how are the Limit Break supers in FF15?
0: I don't recall them having any. That's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I do not recall. Now I could be wrong. I have, so Final Fantasy 15, whenever it first came out, and I want to say this is probably 2014, 2015. So it's been many, many years. Uh, I played it. I played it a lot. I beat it. The game was blatantly incomplete. Like the storyline was not flushed out. It seemed like there were things missing, and it was, which was really unfortunate. So I did not have a good experience with that game in reality. Like I enjoyed while I was playing it, but I was also very annoyed at the same time that I could tell that it wasn't a complete game. And I do not recall. I'm trying to think of a minute because noctis is a really cool he looks like sasuke and sasuke is like one of my favorite naruto characters but i do not recall a limit break feature in that game and i could totally just be forgetting it there was a thing where when you get beat up really badly you can summon uh an aeon or a gf or whatever they call them a summon whatever they call them in that game i think they call them anyway whatever they called them you could do a big summon ramu or titan except bahamut all that stuff but I don't know if the characters individually had limit breaks, and I don't think they did. And that kind of sucks. Like, that makes the game suck even more. Because even in Final Fantasy 13, they had, like, limit breaks.
1: Yeah. That's a shame. I, um. <clears throat> yeah, I always forget that I haven't played 15 until I talk about it.
0: You should uh, play it now, though, because from what I understand, they've done a lot after it came out. Yeah, I own it. I team. own
1: it on, uh, on Steam. I just haven't okay. gotten around to playing it yet. I want to do. <clears throat>
0: Well, the main character is Manato from Naruto, so there's that. He literally throws his weapon, and it doesn't matter. He can equip like 15 yeah. different types of weapons, like literally sword, I, axe. From that very
1: first versus oh, 13 trailer, baby,
0: he has all of these fucking different weapons. He's he's one of the coolest main characters in all of Final Fantasy, just because of his po- like he's very powerful. He scales higher than most of the other protagonists, but um, he's literally Monato he throws his weapon, and wherever his weapon is, he can teleport to it. So he has that same thing as, as the Yellow Flash, which is really fucking cool, because essentially you're playing the whole game as the Purple kage.
1: That's really sick. Yeah, I'm going to play it. I've been... The reason why I haven't played it yet, really, is because when Kingdom Hearts 3 came out, I played every single Kingdom Hearts game in order on stream, and I wanted to do that Final Fantasy just because I think it'd be cool to just that would be cool. stream every I'd FF be time in order. Consuming too. Because of how time-consuming I know it is, I haven't gotten around to doing it yet. But you were going to stream everything
0: up to fifteen.
1: Yeah, yeah, I want to stream one yeah. through. Well, not including eleven and fourteen.
0: Yeah, yeah, the ones. That, yeah, I, yeah, those are skipped yeah. because obviously they're online MMORPGs.
1: Yeah, so not including eleven and fourteen, but I want to. I want to go through them all. I'm hoping. I don't. I'm, I really hope they remake six. Me too. And the Octopath. It, so they the remake Dragon Quest three. Six, so. The remake in Dragon Quest three in the Octopath Traveler style, dog. If they remake FF six in the Octopath Traveler style, holy shit,
0: that'd be cool. Oh. I just want to play six. I want to play six. I can play it as is. It's not a problem. I just feel like a remake is on the way, and it's been. Yeah. And I've been saying this. So, I've been saying this to myself for years now. Years, yep. And then we got seven remake, and we got That's- the eight. Not remake, but like the port where it looks better. They kind of re- a remastered eight. We yep. got remastered 10. We got remastered 12. So you can only like remaster. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: I feel the same way with Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem's not a JRPG, but it's a tactical RPG. And um, I really like tactical slash strategy games yeah, a Yeah, you do.
0: And this guy and.
1: And uh, in Fire Emblem, the two two of the best Fire Emblem games straight up in terms of narrative and characters is Fire Emblem 4 and Fire Emblem 5. But they never came out in America. They're Japanese only. I played a fan translation patch of them. And I am i have friends that are in the Fire Emblem that I want to convince to play them. But at the same time, I don't want to convince them to play it. Because in my heart, I feel like these games got to get remade soon. Yeah. Because they're so popular and so like loved in Japan. And in America, Fire Emblem has become so big now and they've done some remakes and i feel like they've got to remake these two at some point they're the two like they're everybody's favorite game everybody that played them it's their favorite
0: so they're like the final fantasy 7 and 10
1: yeah like 4 and 5 are stellar fire emblem games if they yeah. ever get remade what i'm basically saying is if you've never played them don't got a way to play them cuz they're in japanese and getting a translation patch and all that shit's annoying however if at some point you're watching the nintendo direct and they get announced you you want to pick them? You want to pick them up? Them,
0: oh boy,
1: they they are fucking incredible.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I have to look into that. Um, I've never played a Fire Emblem game. I thought I was going to play Three Houses, but I just didn't get around to it. And I don't know. I'm kind of just. I've been scared to jump in. I don't really know what it is. Hmm. Because I know they're I know they're good games. I, yeah. I don't know if I'm scared to. I have, again i have an addictive personality so things that i like i tend to overdo it and i'll go back and play fucking every fire emblem game if i like three houses and just yeah lose, i'll lose my life for like six months so i guess i part of me is scared of that of liking it a lot what's it's
1: fucked up i'm not gonna do any good right here but what's fucked up is fire emblem three houses specifically has basically a job system and um uh, oh, yeah so the way three houses work so Old school Fire Emblems, um, you just have your character and there's classes, but your character that you get is just in that class. And Fire Emblem games typically have around 40 characters because yeah. the, the way those games work is there's permanent death. If you have a character that dies, they're dead. Like they actually are just dead. Yeah, There's no Phoenix Down, none of that. Um, they're dead in the game and they can't interact or whatever. Uh, so to compensate that, there's a lot of characters in the game. And then... Um, throughout the story, there's like certain characters that are really integral to the story, and there's other characters that important to certain aspects, but you only really get their story if you're using them, and you have them interact with certain things. So there's certain character development that you only get if you use that character. Oh, wow. And there's characters that, w- that will have these things called support conversations, where if if you have this character and this character, and you have them play near each other and support each other in combat they become closer friends and you unlock dialogue between those two characters. And so there's a lot of really cool interpersonal character shit in the games. But anyway, my point is by the time you get the three houses, different advancements have happened. And now there's a a bunch of classes and you can actually just take your characters and job change them and put them in different classes. And each class has different abilities that they can unlock and you can mix and match the job. Like you can, not exactly like Bravely Default, but you do kind of get to mix and match jobs and equip different skills in Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah,
0: so it's something that I would like because I really yeah. enjoyed...
1: And you you can get fucked up. You can get fucked up in that game. Like You yeah. can you can spend some time on it.
0: Yeah, maybe I will because I actually like Fire Emblem characters in Smash. Like That's the only place I really know them from. I, yeah. I kind of grew up as a Marth main in Melee. So I naturally like Fire Emblem characters, but I never really got into the the source game them yeah, at all.
1: Also, I I legit think three houses is sick. Like three houses is really fucking. Fun.
0: Yeah, it's on my it's on my uh switch. It's just it's just chilling. It's just waiting to be played, waiting for me to click that button and play it. So if you ever I'll, play I'll, it, I'll get around to sh- it. You should
1: get a capture card, stream it to me, and then I'll stream it to the stream. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe I'll do that.
1: But, but I'll just like, I'll just sit there and watch your fucking playthrough. Like I'll just hang out and a, watch the whole thing.
0: They kind of have a rewind system, right? Like something where. I know yeah. the character's die permanently but you can they said to deter people from completely turning off their game without saving and then reloading it cuz that's what people used to do yep, when they were like it. not allowing their character to die they would just say okay fuck that I'm just going to restart my game yep now they have a system I believe where you can literally rewind I guess before that battle happened
1: yeah so you can it's um I forget what it's called in Three Houses. It got introduced in Fire Emblem Echoes Shadows of Valentia. Prince of a, Persia. Which is a <laughs> <laughs> which is a remake of FF, not FF, Fire Emblem 2 on the 3DS. Anyway, on that game it's called Miller's Turnwheel. I don't remember what it's called in uh, Three Houses, but Sans I also tell Miller's Turnwheel.
0: The Time from Prince of Persia. So
1: you can rewind a turn. So like if something happens, you can rewind multiple turns. So if something happens that you don't like you can rewind it but it's limited how many times you can do it so in order to avoid people just turning the game off whenever a character died they were like okay here's this other mechanic and to kind of make it a bit more fair that you can use and so if a character dies you can rewind a turn but it's limited so you can only fuck up so many times
0: yeah yeah. that's cool though i like that because they know people are doing it anyway
1: yeah they know people are doing it anyway and to be fair some of the maps, like a map of Fire Emblem, can take you an hour, hour and a half. Because yeah. you're sitting there planning and shit, and you're an hour, 20 minutes into a map, and then the enemy gets a crit and kills your fucking your archer, and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and then you, some people will turn. To, so what I do, if I'm doing a completionist run, I'll turn the game off. But what I typically do, especially with my first playthrough of Fire Emblem game, like, if a character dies, like, I eat that. That's part of the story now. Like, he died oh, a valiant death, and oh, I damn. go forward.
0: Not a valiant death. Now you give him a storyline.
1: Oh, I give him a storyline. But now, with, with the ones where you can rewind, obviously, like, I'm going to use all the resources available to me. And okay. I'll rewind the turns or whatever. But Fire Emblem's really dope. If you've never played it, it's a really fun tactical RPG. I mean, it's, it's a JRPG in every aspect, except the battle system, instead of being, you go into a screen, and your guys are standing there on opposite sides, and you pick the move. Instead, you're just on a grid, and you move your guy on the grid and pick a move. Um, right. But in in terms of the way the story kind of functions and a lot of the other aspects, like it's a JRPG, it's t- it's a tactical one instead of a uh, a standard one, I guess.
0: So let's talk about your favorite RPG protagonists and villains. I'll I'll actually start this one off. Go ahead. So. Hit me, baby rpg protagonist uh i already said started this podcast i'm squally in heart i love him again it's probably the nostalgia mm-hmm. don't really care i love that he was so nonchalant he had this girl over noah who loved him to death like from the game he just was <laughs> infatuated with him and he gave her none of his time like he was very just i mean that's a lie he definitely gave her his time but he played really hard to get and just was very nonchalant with women I love his just I don't care about anything. Everything I'm just doing this because this is what I have to do. I'm a men I'm a member of guard of this garden and this is just how life is. This is what you do. We go on these seed missions and it's all just a job for me. I don't really care about anything. I love that about him. He's just very cold. Um, very mercenary like and I also love the gun blade as a weapon. Like I think the gunblade is fucking cool as shit, even though logistically it probably probably mm. doesn't make too much sense but but fuck it this is a fantasy world so if you want to slice your opponent then also shoot them be my guest i love it i love the idea i mean i don't know why i haven't done it yet but i'm probably gonna buy a replica revolver i bleed. yeah That's like shit.
1: that would be dope
0: i really want mo- like i've seen them too like i've seen them scrolling instagram they look cool as shit the steel looks amazing really shiny as a little lion dog tack thing hanging off of it little keychain looking thing like he has it really cool. I really want one, but I love Squall. I love his his Final Limit Break Lionheart. Um, yeah, I, I think just because I love Final Fantasy VIII so much, it makes me like him as a main character. I also love, and I didn't I didn't like Final Fantasy IX when I first played it, but I've grown to like Zidane. Yeah, Zidane, however you say his name, I, I feel grown- like that's
1: fairly common. There's a lot of people that didn't like when they first played it, but then when you get a little older and you re- replay, nine is sick.
0: Nine is really good. Not and I like sick. Zidane because he's funny. He's kind of like Spider-Man. He says a lot of things. <laughs> like he says a lot. He has a lot of quips. A lot of things that he say are just he's a it's the Aladdin story. You know, the street yeah. rat meets a princess and they travel together. And, you know, you have this uptight knight who's around or whatever. But the main character is just so funny and he's so like hood with it. Like he's just such <laughs> a he's just not into the whole fancy world, the whole song and dance. He's just all about you know, this is how you do things in a gutter. And he knows his gutter shit. So, I, I, I don't know. I really I really like him when I got older, uh, going back and playing it. And as for villains, uh, obviously Sephiroth. Like, you know, as cliche as it is to say, Sephiroth is getting more and more fucking popular as time goes on. The game came out 20 plus yeah. years ago now. But Sephiroth is growing. Like, his following... So in the last year Sephiroth has had final fantasy seven remake a fucking he's a playable character in smash like he has the advent children movie that came out like 10 plus years ago now and he has all those other uh side yes. movies that final fantasy seven has
1: don't he's, forget don't forget in kingdom hearts how many people yes can you talk about kingdom hearts like
0: did you do the Sephiroth fight yo like, like Sephiroth in kingdom hearts one and two really fun optional boss fight fight Pretty challenging too for it for the time. In Cage
1: One, he's ridiculous. He's in Cage really Two, he's still hard, but he's not yeah. nearly as yeah, hard because in
0: Kingdom Hearts Two, you're more powerful. Yeah, but in, in Kingdom Hearts Two, you're more powerful, so it, it makes some yeah. But in Kingdom Hearts One, who <laughs> where movement movement is way more limited in Kingdom Hearts One.
1: Mm-hmm. There's none of
0: there's triangle react like there's no reactions in Kingdom Hearts One, so he's definitely more difficult. But the whole point is Sephiroth's theme. Like just the iconic fucking Sephiroth theme, his personality, the way he just casually zero difficulty beats the main character all the time like he just whoops Cloud's ass all the time. Also, <laughs> have you ever played the PSP game? I don't know if it was Crisis Core, whatever one had Genesis and Angeal, There's a cutscene, yep. There's where a Zach, right? Yes, yeah. there's a cutscene in that game where Sephiroth takes on Genesis and Angeal at the same time, and at first. Like Sephiroth is just chilling. He's not really trying too hard. They're going ham. The one guy starts turning up on Sephiroth and starts going into like his overdrive mode. And Sephiroth, I guess, just got fucking pissed and started to literally destroy the area that they were fighting in. He started to slice it up. His slices started to travel past the guy. The guy would defend it. And his slices would travel past him and slice the building behind him. That's how powerful <laughs> they were. Like just the wind from him slashing got so strong that it started to cut shit in half. It was ridiculous. One of my favorite cutscenes. watch it Sephiroth versus Genesis and Anjil. literally, I watched it two weeks ago four times in a row because the music is really good and it switches to Sephiroth's music in like the middle of the cutscene, which makes it even more epic. but that villain Sephiroth is just like the fucking iconic villain, so that's my number one for villains, but my number two is actually from Final Fantasy Eight as well it's a uh, I think her name is Idea, but I'm gonna just say Edia. She's the sorceress. She's the first sorceress in the game. The main one, the disc one sorceress. And uh, she's also in the opening cutscene. Edia is mm-hmm. so fucking cool. The song Premonition is my I think Premonition is it might be my favorite Final Fantasy song. Like Premonition is so good. Noble We really put his fucking foot into that one. I love Premonition. Listen to Premonition when I you go to
1: I don't know if I can. I don't know if I could pin down my favorite Final Fantasy song. That's tough.
0: A lot of my Final Fantasy, or I guess RPG life, is based around eight. Because again, eight is where I learned how to play games. Like that, I was at the age where I understood resource yeah. management, battle management, all of that cool stuff. So, like, Premonition has a lot of emotion in it. Like, you can hear it's a very sad song. It starts off kind of sad, it has a lot of different instruments involved. Really good song. I love it. But The Sorceress, she's my second favorite villain uh because she damn near kills squall at the end of this one like she just straight up throws an icicle like this fucking blizzard blizzara Blazaga. i don't know what it is she throws that shit through his chest and my man i thought he was dead like i don't i still don't know how he survived it but final fantasy so whatever
1: <laughs> that had a phoenix feather well <laughs> no and he had a so, little you know, phoenix feather Usually, the when
0: you get impaled in a cutscene. scene <laughs> error. <laughs> error. Um, when you get impaled in a cutscene, usually you die. And, like, that's actually death. No Phoenix Downs, nothing like that. It's this. true. So I was surprised that he lived, but he is literally the main character. So I guess that was, you know, not going to happen. What it is. Yeah. What about um, you? Who's your favorite protagonist? And then who's your favorite?
1: I almost don't, like, I feel bad for saying it, but whatever. I'll fuck y'all. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: y'all just got attacked. I,
1: <laughs> I was just, just saying, I talk about FF10 a lot today. And I kept bringing you, it up.
0: You, yeah, you you have.
1: But FF10, uh, in terms of just straight JRPGs, it's my favorite like JRPG. And um,
0: I did not know that you were this big of a Final Fantasy 10 fan because I'm I fucking a big love 10. Final Fantasy 10 fan, like I am a is, huge 10 fan.
1: I've played, so I've played every FF except for when I say that I mean the numbered ones. I have not played 11. Um, like I've I've played 11, but I haven't. Like it doesn't. Yeah. Count. Anyway. Fourteen, not really, and I've I've never even touched fifteen. Yeah, but I played them all. I've beaten almost all of them, but a lot of them I've only beaten once. FF10, I've beaten no exaggeration over ten times. Yeah, and, um, and
0: start to finish playthrough, he's beaten over 10 start times. to
1: finish. Yeah, yeah, and all I have all the too. secret bosses. I've beaten the Dark Aeons. I've beaten Penance, yep. etc. Um. So anyway, my the point that I'm getting to is I, my favorite. Part of what I like about it so much is the dynamic between Titus and Jet, his dad, and um, that's part of what makes, in terms of JRPGs, my favorite hero and v- villain, if you want to say that. Yeah. The dynamic of that father son dynamic and um, sort of the emotional through line throughout the game, and the things Titus struggles with, uh, being Jeff's son, and all the like living the up trauma in, his, to in with, his shadow, being in his shadow, and. His dad not really being a good a good father at all. And then when you see the when you see like the memories, when you see Jack's memories, and you kind of see him grow into a better person and him regret some of the ways he raised his son and him like trying to get his friend Orin to like take care of him. Just like the whole dynamic between Titus and Jet as you grow through the game. And really out. Gigantic spoilers, I guess. But when you get to the end of the game and you fight Jet as the final boss. Um, it, it was really emotional and I, I, have really felt, I, I just kind of really felt the pain of it. And when they fight and, uh, when they go to, when they fight and then like when Jet is like on his way out and dying and like Titus says, I hate you. And, uh, but he's also crying cause like his dad's dying and all yeah. that shit. And then all culminates until like the very end of the game when Titus knows he's going to die. Um, cause he's going to like fade away cause the dream's going to end. And when Titus like jumps off the airship and as he jumps off, you see like jet and like Titus inject do like a high five. Some people might think it's cheesy. That shit got to me when like, I, you see like kind of Titus and Jeck's ghost, like high five yeah. as like they both pass on. Like well,
0: I'm getting sad. Just hearing that dude. It,
1: it got it, Like it, it got to me so much. And like that, yeah. that, that whole dynamic was just me. was really just fucking
0: clown Sephiroth. It's on site. Every time we see each other. Puffy, <laughs> Tom, and, Tom and Jerry style. We ain't got time for none of that shit. None of the sentimental nonsense. I just want to fuck you up. on yeah,
1: time, dude. It's nice. Like for example, the hymn of the faith is a beautiful song. And yes, 10. it is. And there's a part in the game when Jack is sin. You find out really early on. But there's a part in the game where they see sin. He's like they're. He's like in the ocean, and they see they're like under the ocean somehow. I don't remember how it works out. But they're like under the ocean. They're able to see above them the water above them, and they see sin floating in the ocean and he's really calm and he's not doing anything. He's not destroying anything. And he's just listening to the hymn of the faith. He's like near a temple and that you can hear the, the music, the hymn of the faith coming out of the temple. And that song calms jet. And so even though he's this giant incarnation of destruction in sin, he's like calmed down and he's relaxed, listening to the hymn of the faith there and that they see it. And you, you can like Titus can still see the humanity and his dad and just all, all this shit, the whole Aspect of that game really, really hit me hard. And uh so yeah. in terms of my favorite hero and villain, it would be that father-son pair. So we're straight um, up on
0: Final Fantasy Time, you don't have to go anywhere else. Yeah. That
1: said, yeah. I just realized we haven't mentioned this doesn't have to do with favorite hero or villain necessarily, but we haven't mentioned Xenoblade Chronicles at all. And we don't got to get on to it because I don't think you've played it.
0: I've but not played Xenoblade Chronicles yet.
1: I'm sending this suggestion out. To all of my homies that love JRPGs,
0: yeah, we're being attacked.
1: Go play Xenoblade Chronicles. Like, I fucking promise one? you the first one, the first Xenoblade Chronicles is stellar. Like, it's so, it's on the Switch. Play the remaster on the Switch. It is so fucking good. The right, story, play that. the That's characters, the, the gameplay. Xenoblade Chronicles is fucking incredible. I don't really want to say anything else is about it. Is because- that
0: Pirate of Mithra or no?
1: No, Pyron Mythos and Xenoblade 2. And okay, Xenoblade yeah. 1 and 2 aren't connected in terms of story. They are connected, but they're not connected.
0: You can play you can two play them, before you can one. play them independently, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then you'll just notice like the connections backwards, but you don't have like two is not gonna spoil one, and one won't right. spoil two.
0: That's cool. Yeah, I think I'll put out because of your reaction to that just now. I think I'm gonna actually
1: yeah, I don't want to really say anything else, but one day when so, like for example. I'm going through Jujutsu Kaisen because Fraser really wants to talk about it on the podcast. I'm on episode seven, I think. Okay. I, oh like wow! You're just gonna... The other night, so I'm on episode seven. I'm going through JJK so we can talk about it. Um, I can also.
0: Crazy episodes too.
1: Yeah, I finished all the Marvel movies. I want to watch the Marvel shows because we want to talk about Loki and like the shows and the Marvel movies in general. So I'm going through all that. So my point is, if you haven't played Xenoblade. Here's your chance to just go fucking play it before we talk about it. Tr- just please trust me. The game isn't if you love JRPGs and you like JRPGs, just go play the game. Like you're going to fucking love it. Yeah. And we won't talk about it much more until Fraser plays it.
0: But yeah, uh, I will definitely try to play Xenoblade Chronicles. Now it's gonna be a little it's a little tight. I can start it soon and I'm gonna try to power through it. I won't I don't wanna really get too grindy because when I get too grindy, that's when I don't have I just lose my life. I don't I don't really do anything that's else. Right. I just want you to do, baby. That's I know, but yeah. now with the podcast, it's much harder to have time for that. So I'll that's see that we see. can I'll just grind.
1: grind on the podcast, baby. Yeah. We can just do an episode of you playing Xenoblade. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Degenerates. Yeah, I uh because of your reaction, I actually really want to play it now. So that's there's that. But we are we are actually approaching the two hour mark. So we can start to wrap this up. What is giving you like your Give me a top three favorite JRPG or RPGs that you've played in your life. Like, give me a top three. And obviously, it can change at any moment, at any time. Just off the top of your head, like, what are some of the ones that are just like, these are, if I only could choose three that I had to play for the rest of my life, I can't play any more RPG games ever again. These are my three that I would take with me forever.
1: Does Pokemon count? Yes. Okay. Um... Man, FF10. Obviously, we yeah. talked about that. Um,
0: oh man, I know this is like a really fucked question because yeah, it's like three RPGs. Like, are you serious? Of like, All the RPGs we played, we've so I, I've played Legend of Dragoon, Legend of Legaia, Chrono Cross. Holy shit, Chrono Cross, Chrono Trigger, Chrono Trigger, f- f- all these Final Fantasy games, Bravely Default games. There's so. I mean, there's just so so many octopath
1: so kingdom hearts doesn't count right because it's like an action don't, game. don't
0: you don't you don't put your yeah, yeah. Hearts in there
1: yeah know? so i'm gonna go this is tough i i don't know if this is the true final answer i would have to go back and look at all the games i've played yeah because i don't
0: even know off the top of my head all the ones i played but just what comes to your head well off the top of my
1: head i guess just because we were talking about them and I, I can play but ff10 um honestly probably xenoblade one and then I played that one recently. I didn't play Xenoblade when it first came out. I played it on the on the Switch release. And when I tell you, man, I fucking loved every goddamn moment of it. But you know what? I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to take I'm gonna have to put Xenoblade in like the number four slot for now. I'm this is what I'm gonna do because we didn't talk about this at all. And I kind of wish we did, but whatever. I'm gonna say FF10. I'm gonna say F ten, Pokemon, HeartGold, SoulSilver, Soul Silver, and Paper Mario, the Thousand Year Door. Ooh. I didn't talk about I didn't talk about Paper Mario at all today. But in terms of RPGs, I know some people are like, I don't want to play a Mario RPG. You're you're fucking missing. You're you're playing. My it, so. friend
0: Garen is a really big fan of Paper Mario. So I know if he's listening yeah. to this, he can relate.
1: Paper Mario The Thousand Year Door is a fucking top-tier RPG. It's very interactive. The, the the writing, like you're like, it's a Mario game. It doesn't have good writing. The writing is fucking good. The characters are well written, enjoyable, it's funny. It's a fun game to play. Like the battle system is very, very, very fun. Uh, I don't want to get all lost into it. We can talk about it some other time. But Paper Mario: Thousand Year Door is an incredibly so you fun have fun
0: Final game. Fantasy X, Paper Mario, and what was the other one?
1: So I'm gonna I'm gonna go right now off the top of my head. I'm gonna go Paper Mario: Thousand Year Door, Final Fantasy X, and Pokemon Heart Gold or Soul Silver.
0: Okay, that's a good three. So my three would be Final Fantasy X because that is, I mean, that is like. The final fantasy game for me. Um, final fantasy eight. I feel like after talking about it so much, how could I not have it in my top three? The music alone is enough for me, but I also like all the characters Irvin, self uh, selfie, like Renoa. I like all the characters.
1: I'm happy you like selfie. So many people I talk to fucking hate on selfie, man. I fuck with her.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't know how, like, I don't know. So for the third RPG, I'm really struggling here because. I'm trying not to use recency bias. Yes. I really, really, really like Octopath Traveler, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and I also like Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy IX. So these are the four things that are vying for the third spot in my head. But ten and eight are locked. I feel bad because all three of mine are basically going to be Final Fantasy games, and I've played a hundred. You play a lot of
1: other... Yeah, but... Dude, the ones that hit you the most hit you the most, like there's nothing you can do about I, it.
0: Okay, I feel like I'm gonna do 10, 8, and i almost want to say Pokemon Gold, just because like one, you once you said Pokemon, it made me realize like, okay, Pokemon is an RPG, and that is like you want know, to talk about coming of age. That is the game for me that I probably yeah. played the most as a kid, realistically, like just because it was handheld, so I could be anywhere yeah. I am. Um
1: I remember being in the backseat of the car. The Game Boy, and this is before they had lights on the Game Boys. Yep, yep. So you would have like your body all cocked to the side, and yep. you're trying to Trunk play your game with a little bit each, of light. Each street yep. light that passes yep. in the back of the car. Whatever. Get was get.
0: <laughs> before backlights, and then they had, you could buy a little light for the yep. Game Boy at the time. Uh, there yeah, were people I, had like
1: magnifying glass screens. Like you put like a whole magnifying glass yeah. over your screen to make the screen bigger. Shit was cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think Pokemon Gold is going to be my third spot just because. Like, honestly, I play that game so much. And even though right now I don't have the desire to play Pokemon Gold, um, I just remember what it felt like. Like, the yep. feeling, what it gave to me is unforgettable. And, the, 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 you know, the great feeling of nostalgia just resonates within me right now, thinking about it. And me and my friends collecting our Pokemon, my friends having silver, getting different Pokemon, trading them to me, that whole thing. So it's going to be 10, 8, and Gold. Yours is 10, xenoblade and Thousand no no
1: no, no not xenoblade i was going to say xenoblade but just oh, like right. you xenoblade
0: is the, is the fourth right, just
1: like right. you i didn't want to use i feel like xenoblade fucking incredible i can't recommend yeah. it enough but i also feel like there's recency bias yeah it might and be I, a don't, little bit that. I don't want to fall into recency bias and then as i was talking my brain clicked and i was like paper mario i haven't even yeah. talked about paper it Paper
0: Mario, yet. so 10 paper mario
1: and, and heart gold soul silver and which heart is gold soul and soul. silver but the remake
0: yeah, yeah um, and i yeah i haven't played those but i'm assuming they're really good because i love gold so much i probably will like it anyway
1: but yeah paper mario thousand year door fucking incredible so we pretty um,
0: much have like two of the same like we both have ten. we both have gold in a way or silver, yeah. gold silver and then you have thousand year door and i have final fantasy 8
1: yep yep okay yeah incredible games like all yeah. every game listed
0: yeah we could talk really about fun. literally just those games alone um uh, we love them so much.
1: Yeah, I could, yeah. So if it was like you know, you're stuck on an island for whatever reason, you can only play three JRPGs. I think those are the three I would pick. I uh I've already replayed 10 10 times, so I'm, <laughs> I'm not gonna get tired of it. Like I can replay it, do different yeah, playthroughs. I can play,
0: I can start 10 tonight, and I will be fine. Yeah. Like I can start a new save of 10 and watch Jack destroy Xanarken. Yep, you know, and I can watch that, like right now, I can watch that Blitzball game where it happens and be on like, top yes. of
1: On top of playing it however many times throughout my life, I've streamed it on my stream like three different occasions. Sure. I played through it, and then one of my friends on my stream was like, hey, like I missed your 10 playthrough. And then he was talking about how when he was younger, there's a certain boss he never beat. And he was like, can you play through the game again so I can see you beat him? And I was like, fuck, sure yeah, I can. Yeah, so absolutely. I played through 10 again. Just to, to get, to get, that get to part. the point where I fucked that guy up, so you That's know pretty cool. for one of the viewers, and then just like a year after that, for some reason, I just I had nothing to do and I just turned Ten on and I just played it again.
0: Ten is great. You got me wanting to play Ten again. I have it on my Switch. I started to follow on it, and I did that thing where you do the advanced spear grid, so it you know. Yep. Um, but then I just I played it for like a couple hours and I just kind of just stopped, which I do a lot. I start Final Fantasy games over all the time. I'll play them for a little bit, and then I'll completely stop. Sometimes I'll get in a trance and I'll just play the entire thing start to finish for like a week, like a week or two. I'll just completely play the entire game and grind it like I've never played it completely
1: by accident. I remember one time I went over Frazier's house just to hang out and he just out of nowhere, just like, I feel like playing FF7. And He like puts it. He like downloads it. And he, uh, yeah, because I he didn't spend the whole weekend just yep, like this, just yep. on his the PSP. entire.
0: I didn't interact with my company at all. I literally the entire weekend played Final Fantasy Seven. And what was cool about it is that weekend, I believe it came out on the App Store, so it was like available for iPhone, like newly available for iPhone. So I was like, holy yeah, shit!
1: Maybe it was on your iPhone then.
0: Yeah, whatever it was, iPhone, a tablet, whatever. Because once it's on one, it's on everything for, yeah. for Mac. But I, I downloaded it, and I just couldn't be, Like, the idea of having Final Fantasy VII with me at all times was so cool. This was years and years ago. This is like, 2015. Yeah. But um, the idea of having it anywhere I went was so fucking cool. And now Final Fantasy VIII is the same way. And I did start the remaster. I only played a couple hours of it. I'll go back to it eventually. But I, have a, I just have a thing where I love starting these games over, hearing the music, watching the opening cutscenes, and then I just kind of, like, stop and then whatever. Whatever. Yeah, but that shit's dope. All right. Well, this wraps up episode eight of the I Am There podcast. If you guys have anything you want to ask us or tell us, please write into I Am there podcast at gmail.com and we may read it aloud on the show. Also, please let us know what RPGs you guys enjoyed a lot growing up or even recently. Uh, we're open to hearing what you guys think about RPGs because they're a big part of our gaming life.
1: Double also. You want to tell? You want to talk about it? It's up to you.
0: Go ahead. Patreon, yes, we have a Patreon account now, guys. <laughs>
1: yeah, you like that? You like that? That smooth? That look at that? That was smooth. <laughs> yes.
0: So if you go to Patreon slash I am Nerd, uh, it might be Patreon slash I am Nerd podcast. I'm not sure, but we do have a Patreon now. And if you guys want to support the channel and support the podcast, then please feel free to join. We have some really cool perks for you guys at different tier levels. So take a look at it. Um, let us know what you think but we literally just launched it like yesterday and by yesterday we'd be Saturday the 7th. So it's really new. Uh, We're still figuring everything out, but we do already have a great line of perks set up for you guys. So I really am interested to see how you guys take this and what you want to do with it and what you want us to do. We're taking suggestions. If you feel like there's a perk that you may want, let us know right into I am the Uh, podcast. We're still kind of
1: learning, figuring all this out, but We've been having a lot of fun with the podcast. It seems like everybody that listens to it, enjoys it. So yes, people seem to be trying to spread really it, enjoy. grow it, uh, and just have a lot of fun. I'm we're enjoying working on it, and um, we're trying to do more. Like the more, the more we put into it, the more we kind of want to work on it and do new things, do new ideas and shows and stuff. So hopefully, if Patreon kind of helps that out, we can do even more with the podcast and create more content and shit.
0: Yes. So yeah, if you guys want to show some support, uh look up I Am Their Podcast on Patreon, and you will you will definitely find us. And you can subscribe at any tier. We have a three dollar tier, a ten dollar tier, and a twenty dollar tier. The twenty dollar tier is limited to just five people for now, just because it can be pretty demanding if a bunch of people are in it. So it's a pretty exclusive tier level. But right now, just started it. If you want to show support, let us know. And as all the other content creators say. Like, subscribe, comment on all platforms, Spotify, Google, Apple, we have a YouTube channel, I'm their podcast, you know, we're everywhere at this point. So this is episode eight, and we're going to keep on going, two episodes every week, so.
1: Yep, bi-weekly, that means twice a week.
0: Yeah, bi-weekly means two things, apparently, but (laughs) when we say bi-weekly, we're talking about two times per week, not every other week. Bi-weekly means both, apparently, which is really dumb, but anyway. As we always say, so long, Gay Bowser. (laughs) So long, Gay Bowser.